0: What's up everybody and welcome back for another episode of shoot the shot midday we've been we've been lost a little bit man sports are just canceled
1: you could say we've been on a bit of a hiatus us being a sports podcast and uh, I don't know if you've heard but there's some kind of a pandemic going on that has put a big old pause button on most of the planet so yeah it also put a pause button on us but we're here we're here and we're back
0: we are back and i think that uh the things we're going to talk about today really helped out uh the sports world as far as it goes like you know with <laughs> n- news wise because there was literally nothing going on besides figuring out which professional athletes also had covid-19 right um, <laughs> so i think that it was kind of a breath of fresh air in the sports world that nfl free agency uh got underway tuesday around 4 p.m., I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, lots of deals um, were kind of agreed upon on Monday, I believe, because that's when they are legally allowed to start uh, talking to the free agent players.
1: Yeah, they call it legal tampering.
0: Legal tampering. I like that. Yeah, so it's not none of that Magic Johnson stuff.
1: No, or LeBron or, you know, the entire the entire NBA if we're being honest.
0: Right. So let's uh let's start mid A. Um just kind of talking about there was two ginormous trades. Uh I think one was a little uh less shocking, uh being the Stefan Diggs one. And then one more shocking, obviously D hop moving from yeah. Houston. Uh so let's start Let's start with Diggs first, because I think that the entire NFL world kind of knew that Stephon Diggs was not happy in Minnesota uh, this he, this past he, season.
1: He made that pretty clear himself.
0: Yeah, he. I mean, I don't even remember what specifically happened, but he just kind of started acting like a, like a prima donna. Like, what was it? A couple of weeks in, or was it was it in the uh, preseason?
1: I think it was a little both. It kind of carried over. It was the whole beginning of the year when he was really not producing at all for the first like six weeks, which fortunately for yours truly led to his fantasy trade value uh, going way down. And I scooped him up for a low price. But as we always say, no one cares about your fantasy team, (laughs) especially in March when there's no sports. Um, But yeah, he was kind of bitching and moaning to his coach or whatever didn't like the targets he was getting. And then his his production and targets kinda of picked up. And uh I guess that wasn't enough to repair the relationship though.
0: Yeah, and it also helped with Thielen being banged up a little bit too. He kind of became the right. only receiver, um, you know, that Cousins had some sort of rapport with. Mm-hmm. Uh so he gets sent to the Buffalo Bills. Um, him along with a seventh round, a twenty twenty, 20 seventh round pick. In exchange for a 2021st, fifth, and sixth-round pick, and a 2021 fourth-round pick. Mm. Um, it's always weird when they just trade picks and there's not another player involved.
1: Yes, this is something I mean, we we mentioned this before the pod, but the NBA you have to match the contracts uh, with actual human beings and not eighth graders, whereas in the NFL <laughs> you can just ship out a player for.
0: Essentially, nothing. I mean, I don't, I'm not too sure what Diggs's contract situation is, um, you know, as we speak, but, you know, he's got a pretty good resume. Um, people know, I, I wouldn't say he's a top 10 receiver in the league, but he's probably in that 11 to 15 range.
1: Yeah, I would agree. He's an a upper level receiver, mm-hmm. definitely. No doubt.
0: No doubt, and he's had two back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. Uh, this one, you know, and it's funny because i he did struggle, and you mentioned this. He struggled at the beginning of the year, and mm-hmm. maybe they looked at that and they were like, you know, we still find a way to make it to the playoffs, even with Diggs struggling a little bit. Um, they obviously lost their offensive coordinator, though. So I, I, I don't know, like you're okay rolling with just, you know, Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen and just having like a one-two offensive punch with Kirk Cousins, I guess.
1: Yes, who they extended as well. Mm-hmm. so they Two, two him more up years for, on him. Right, a couple more years of Kirk Cousins' ball in Minnesota. Um, I just looked it up and Diggs has four more full seasons. He just signed an extension with the Vikings. So the Bills get him through 2023, it looks like. So really a good move for the Bills. Oh, I agree. Um, By NFL standards, they gave up a lot. When you give up a first-round pick in any year, it's deemed as uh, a hefty price to pay. But at the same time, they were a pretty good team, so their pick isn't... It's not like it's a top 10 pick. And yeah, I get that this draft is a little bit deep at receiver, but I'm, I'm usually in the camp of you go with the proven talent versus the young rookie who may or may not pick up the NFL systems or the speed of the game. So I, I like it for the Bills.
0: Right. It's a lot easier, I think, in the NBA to go with the rookie for some reason um, than yeah. it is to go with the, the proven veteran that, you know, has come off the bench his whole career with. 10 points a game, but for some reason they just love the fact that these kids are 19 years old.
1: Yeah, it's that untapped potential, which yeah, drives the market.
0: <laughs> so high. But, I mean, the the Bills really, like they didn't really need to have all those picks, I guess, because like you said, they were a good team. They have a good defense. A lot of those defensive players coming back, um, they still have their quarterback on a rookie deal. They've got a young running back who kind of showed some signs of uh, promise in Devin Singletary. Mm. Yeah, uh, and then and then Cole Beasley, John Brown. So like they needed that like you know that number one receiver to really put them over the top. I think that when people talked about the Bills' offense, I know last year talking to my cousin, I said you guys just need an explosive player, and I think Stephon Diggs might be that for them.
1: Yeah, no question. It's uh it really brings them uh to like a full complement of weapons on offense. The big question now is is Josh Allen gonna be able to hit those targets.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, another year of development and you know, his accuracy I think got a little bit better last year. He definitely stayed in the pocket way more than he did in his rookie season. Yep. Um but I think I mean I think that we might both be in agreement here that it was probably a better move for the Bills getting a proven, you know, like I said top 15 receiver than mm-hmm. you know just hoarding a bunch of draft picks and and trading a guy like that away uh as the Minnesota Vikings. But let's move on to the to the bigger one midday, I think the more yeah. surprising one as well. Oh, uh, definitely. So the Houston Texans and I, I just heard this on a, on a podcast today, actually um, the first news that came out was that the Cardinals traded David Johnson to the Texans.
1: Not exactly the headliner in the, yeah. team,
0: and and it was just, and it was kind of weird because it's like, okay, like good. That's a good move for the Texans because they've got Deshaun Watson. Um, they've got a solid receiving core. They traded for Laramie Tunsell. So their line was getting a little better. They just, had Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson as the running backs, didn't really have that like that go to guy, that number one running back. And, you know, David Johnson's been banged up the last couple of years. But if he can come back to that form he was in, I believe it was like twenty sixteen, yeah. You know, good move. And then it came out that DeAndre Hopkins was going the other way. And it was just like, Are you kidding me?
1: Yeah. And it's not like this was DeAndre Hopkins on an expiring contract or coming off an injury or he's too old no this is a 27 year old receiver who is coming off of three four five straight great seasons who just signed an extension he's got three more years left on his deal and I don't really know I can't I still cannot find the logic in it if you're a Texans fan right
0: no not at all and I I mean it just doesn't like you don't trade I mean he's their best offensive player In my opinion, like I know Deshaun Watson is very good at what he does, but how good is he going to be without DeAndre Hopkins?
1: Correct. And what are they left with?
0: Will Fuller, who gets broken half the time. Will
1: Fuller, who plays maybe three straight games at the most.
0: I think he's played an average. He hasn't played over 11 games in each of his first two or three three seasons.
1: He just blows out his hamstring every single play. (laughs) And then, would they just sign Randall Cobb as the replacement, <laughs> who is comfortably uh, in his thirties and comfortably a yeah. third best receiver on any team? He's at not, his peak.
0: Yeah, he's not returning to his to his Packer days down in Houston. I'm afraid.
1: I, um, I, I mean, I hope so. Good, you know, good luck. But yeah, I don't I don't see it.
0: But the fa- I mean, just touching back on that Diggs trade for a minute. Like the Bills gave up a first rounder for him and you know the texans give up a top three receiver like unquestionable top three receiver in the game in a fourth round pick and don't even get a first back with a running back who is injury prone um i mean i don't know i feel like they could have just they could have at least tried to get a first back for him maybe not the second and the fourth like i mean i would have taken I don't I, I don't think like an NFL GM, but I feel like I would have taken a first over a second and a next year fourth.
1: Every day of the week. Because even if you don't plan to use that first-round pick, you can shop it around even more. It's, it just holds so much more value. Yeah. So maybe or, you could go get a player. And then
0: you have two of them.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, this is a danger you run into with, when you have your head coach also be the GM. Because I think now it's coming out that, like, if Basically, if the head coach doesn't like you as a person, he'll ship you out. He doesn't care. Mm-hmm. At least that's and, what Jalen Strong's claiming.
0: Yeah, and it's just... It's nuts. I mean, so... Last three seasons is really where I'd say DeAndre Hopkins has kind of taken that... You know, he's an arguable top receiver in the league. I'd say, you know, the last three years. Yeah. Um, So over that span, he... Is at uh, 31 touchdowns, okay, 315 receptions. That's an average of 105 a season. Uh, Over 4,000 yards, averages 1,300 yards a season. So 10 touchdowns, 1,300 yards, 105 catches. Yeah, that's pretty good. And you didn't get a first round pick for him. I'm just scratching my head a little bit.
1: Yeah, and he's currently the 12th highest paid receiver in the league. So you're getting top three talent for 12th money. I mean, he, yikes. It's a big yikes for the Houston Texans, <laughs> is all I'm going to say.
0: I mean, even if David Johnson goes back to you know, what he was in 2016, do you think it's worth it?
1: No, because I think receivers are more valuable than running backs. I think running backs are a dime a dozen, and you really shouldn't give running backs massive contracts. I think there's a lot of... Uh, Evidence to support that claim too. I mean look at the Rams. They don't have any money because they paid Todd Gurley all that and he's You know a shell of himself because that's Mm -hmm. just the shelf life of running backs is so short And if you sign them to these long six-year contracts or whatever they do it's like you're getting two and a half good years if you're lucky if they stay healthy and that's a position that gets hurt all the time, so
0: and it seems like more teams are going to um, a split backfield like More and more guys are doing, you know, what kind of what the Chargers did the last last season with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. I know Melvin Gordon sat out um, about half the year, but when he came back, it was like one of the guys kind of gets a bulk of the carries. Um, Another guy maybe gets more of like the receiving the receiving end of the game. But they also both do a little bit of running and catching. So it's just like you, you never know. Uh, what you're going to get. And it just seems like it's way better when it comes to strategy and game plan to have two guys in the backfield. I mean, look at the Browns with Kareem Hunt and, and Nick Chubb.
1: Exactly. And it keeps both guys as fresh as possible the whole season.
0: Yeah. And especially when, you know, you've got the, the negotiating of the CBA now to add a, a 17th game and then, yeah. um, you know, another playoff game in there now. Yeah, like you're trying to play. What would it be now? It'd be almost 21 games. It'd be 20. So let's talk real quick, midday, just about like what you think this does for both teams. So let's start. I mean, start with the Texans, um, you know, playoff team. Okay. Last year, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned how I think that DeAndre Hopkins is the best offensive player on their team. So now, what what do you make of the Texans going into 2020, assuming that we're going to have an NFL season?
1: Yeah, assuming that the coronavirus does not take away all of our sports for the entire calendar year. I don't see the Texans, regardless of... I obviously haven't studied their schedule, but regardless of who they play, I don't see them winning more than eight games. I mean, they lost their most valuable player. I agree with that statement as well. Yeah. And... You know, I just don't see running backs like David Johnson being difference makers as far as winning games the way that I would view DeAndre Hopkins. Um, so it almost doesn't matter how great Deshaun Watson is or can be. You took three bullets out of his six shooter pistol. So mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot left there. And they already weren't Overly impressive last year to begin with, to be honest. But, yeah, outlook is pretty bleak for the Texans.
0: I would say right around that 7-8 eight, eight win mark. If they get to 9 wins, that'll be crazy. Again, not, not sure what their schedule looks like. But they definitely got worse. And I think that's the conclusion that we are both uh, coming to. Yeah. As far as the Cardinals, I think that offensively they look pretty pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Um, You got Kyler Murray running around back there coming into his second year. Um, I wouldn't say he struggled in the beginning of the year, but obviously, I mean, the transition to the NFL is just different. So it took him a little bit kind of to get to where he wanted to be, I think. Um, But then they added Kenyon Drake, who...
1: Killed it for him.
0: Yeah, I think they got him in week nine and just took over the backfield. David Johnson was even healthy, and... Kenyon Drake just came in and was like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna uh, come in and take 18 carries a game for the next seven weeks. Yeah, and you're not gonna touch the ball.
1: We scored four touchdowns against the Browns, so
0: <sighs> yeah. We come on, dude. Let's just forget about the past.
1: Yeah, you're right. It's March. <laughs> it's March. I can't. I can't be worried about that.
0: So you got Kyler. You've got De, uh, Kenyon Drake. They add DeAndre Hopkins." You still have Larry Fitzgerald and, you know, surprisingly Christian Kirk had a great year last year too. He's Mm -hmm. still very young. I think he's like 24 years old. So they've got some weapons and their offense was not slow last year. Like they got stuff done. They put numbers up on teams. So I'm very, I think, excited to see what the Cardinals bring. Unfortunately, they're not in such an easy division. True. Um, But I think it'll be fun. What do you think about the Cardinals?
1: Yeah, I like the move for the Cardinals a lot. I think anytime you have a young quarterback who just won Offensive Rookie of the Year, uh, it's best to get him the most help you can possible. And I think acquiring DeAndre Hopkins would fall under that category. And you mentioned Kenny and Drake. Killed it for him. Eight touchdowns in eight games. That's a pretty good rate. Um, obviously don't expect that every single year. But yeah, they're good in the backfield. Kyler is pretty dynamic himself and i mean another year of kingsbury and kyler working together should bode well for them i think their division is on the tough side but they're um they're trending up their stock is up and i think a few other teams in their division are maybe trending down like the rams per se but yeah i think they're they're in great shape for the future and i think they definitely won this trade hands down
0: you know moving on a little bit from the from the trades um couple of franchise tags that I want to just talk to you about, maybe just kind of get your, uh, your look on them. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Starting in Ohio, the Bengals actually franchise tagged AJ Green, which the franchise tag is the top five players at that position, the average that they are paid for that year. That is correct. So... Last year in 2019, the tag value for wide receivers was $16.7 million. That's a good year. Do you think A.J. Green is worth that franchise tag? Even for this one season, do you think the Bengals should have you know, gone ahead and, and hit him with that franchise tag?
1: So my opinion on what the Bengals should have done with A.J. Green is probably trade him last season. Um, I get why they didn't a little bit because I think his value was low because he was injured at the time So maybe their theory is we'll just we'll just tag him and then try to ship him out this year. I Can't believe they want to play it out, right? I don't know if they know if they Feel I, like getting I me mean, 31 is gonna make them competitive, you know,
0: yeah, he's 31 Clearly, I mean, he's going be 32 before the start of this season. So yeah. going not, into the 2020 season, he's going to be 32 years old.
1: He's not going to get any better.
0: No. And like, he's just been so unhealthy.
1: Which I feel bad because he was incredible. He's a really oh, yeah.
0: receiver. I mean, he was up there in that top five discussion, you know, for the first, what, five years of his career, probably? Six, five, six years of his yeah, career.
1: definitely. Definitely.
0: So, you know, that's one that I I think I would have agreed with, agreed with you on and just said, you know, they definitely should have traded him middle of the year, beginning of the year, last year, when they kind of saw where they, where their team was headed, tried to get something for him, you know, third round pick, second round pick. Uh, You never know. I mean, we didn't even know when he was coming back. So some team might've taken that risk. Right. Um, The other one is right. Uh, Dak Prescott was franchise tagged uh, by the Cowboys Um, that I believe will be paying him uh, looks like twenty four point eight million dollars. I think I like this one for the Cowboys because, well, first of all, the man wanted 40 a year, and I just don't think that. I don't think that any, I mean, if any quarterback right now in the league deserves $40 million, it's Pat Mahomes.
1: Yes, but and he's going to get it.
0: Oh, yeah, he will. But even then, you are absolutely just depleting your team.
1: So it was reported that Dak was offered a long-term deal worth $33 million a year. And he turned it down as basically betting on himself. And I cannot get behind that logic because $33 million is a healthy sum. I don't know if you know that. I, uh, oh, it's, I I got my calculator out and figured out that I'm <laughs> probably never going to make that much money in my life. But, yeah, I, I'm i interested to see what Jerry Jones counters with after the season or during the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Because I feel like he likes Dak, and I think Dak is... He made some strides last year and improved a lot and is actually one of the top-tier quarterbacks in this league. But... As far as him wanting to reset the market for quarterback contracts, I am not so sure about no, that. No. If I'm the Cowboys. If I'm Dak, <laughs> sure. you got to try to get as much money as you can.
0: Right. What, so what do you think Dak has to do this season to maybe get like 35 to 40?
1: They've got to at least make the NFC Championship game. I don't even know if it's a stats-based thing. They just have to have team success.
0: No, yeah, I was completely talking team success. On, I mean, that's what my thought was because yeah. I don't think Jerry cares if you throw for, for 5,045 touchdowns if you're losing the wild card.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, you're not going to invest in something that's not being successful. That doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, I think that they need to show at least that they're taking that that next step past, you know, just making the playoffs and losing first round. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So you said make the, the NFC championship game. I think that's a good, that's a good, you know, area. Yeah. Um, for him to maybe make that much. Um, they do have Zeke and Amari Cooper now locked up. Uh, and, you know, Jerry's not afraid to spend money. Nope. Shouldn't be. so, so, let's let's move on to some of the free agent um the free agent quarterbacks uh lots of quarterback movement this year midday it's kind of exciting I, I i really enjoyed it
1: it's remarkable honestly it's um, like half, half the league switching quarterbacks
0: so let's i'm gonna give you let's play a little game i love games and we're gonna i mean we're gonna talk about each one for you know a short period of time but i'm gonna give you a uh, You know, kind of like a good fit, bad fit. Um, And then I want you to give me your your two cents on what you think.
1: All right. I've got money.
0: So, starting off, uh, we're going to start with Marcus Mariota. He's going to the Oakland Raiders, which, I mean, it surprised me, but I think what they're trying to do is create some competition uh, at the quarterback position and just see you know, what the, maybe the highest level they could get out of each of those guys before they throw one of them on the field to to start the 2020 season. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that, you know, I think that I'm going to say good fit. Um, just as far as like, I don't think I trust Derek Carr that much, but I also can't say I trust Mariota that much. So I like the fact that they're bringing two quarterbacks in to compete against each other. In the mm-hmm. offseason, it's not just like one of those, all right. Well, Derek Carr's, you know, knows he's got the job locked up, so he doesn't have to worry about getting better.
1: Right. He doesn't have um what do they have? Peter man. Nate Peterman pushing him <laughs> right. like last year. Um yeah, as far as this, I think I think it's a good fit in a backup role. Like you said, the competition's always good. Um as far as him potentially being a starter I don't really see that as a reality I think this is more of a John Gruden remembers when he was doing his Gruden camp and he really liked Mariota then so I think he just wants him in the locker room I I mean I'm I don't doubt that Mariota's a smart guy and has a lot to offer in a quarterback's room so I think that sometimes can be understated it's good to have people that know what they're talking about, whether they're on the field or not. But like, I mean, there's a whole week of practice. So I, I guess I like it. I don't think it was a, a big of a deal financially for him. So yeah, they it wasn't can, they can handle huge.
0: It wasn't like Nick Foles type risk. True. Um, so, Oh, and we, we will talk about Nick Foles here in a second, but uh, Teddy Bridgewater, moving from New Orleans, taking a three-year, $63 million deal with the Carolina Panthers, which obviously, you know, opens up Cam Newton to now being moved, which will have to be via trade. Um, But as we sit here, you know, on this Wednesday evening, he has not been moved yet. Um, Mm -hmm. But let's talk about Bridgewater first. I think I like this move because he's still somewhat young um you know there's definitely some risk still involved because he did have the the knee issues in Minnesota uh but kind of i mean in New Orleans proved some people wrong when Drew Brees went down and he came out and went 5 and 0 in that time frame um so yeah i mean i i like it because i don't like Cam Newton <laughs> if I'm gonna be honest.
1: You're afraid of the shoulder.
0: I am. And I just think he's too banged up. Um I, I don't know I don't know if he's even gonna start anywhere. I mean, where wow. where is there for him to start? Wow. I would start Jameis Winston over Cam Newton.
1: That is Not as crazy as you might think, but Mm -hmm. I I still think Cam has plenty to offer. I think he had a lot of time to recover from this. I think I honestly thought the Bears were a good fit for Cam, but turns out they're not doing that. But back to Teddy Bridgewater, which is who we're supposed to be talking about. I think this is kind of a a good for Teddy. Is my response. I'm Mm -hmm. happy for him because his career. I mean, he went 11 and five with the Vikings that one year. And then blew his knee off his leg basically so I mean he was in line to get a contract like this and then it looked like his career was maybe totally derailed and then he comes in for five games and we doubted him on this podcast we said. I mean they'd be lucky to squeak by with two wins that would be great for him and he ends up goes out and wins all five. um, With good completion percentage doesn't make a ton of mistakes so. It's proof
0: for the professional Teddy. speakers,
1: wrong, the professional uh, yeah. analysts wrong. <laughs> yeah, the, the pro, the pro analysts, and our <laughs> seven-year salary. Yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, good for Teddy. But I don't think this is great for the Panthers because I'm still a little bit of a doubter as far as his capability to win against the top-tier teams. Uh, the Panthers are obviously a downgrade elsewhere from the Saints. So, I'm yeah. Happy for but the Panthers just feels like a little bit of an overpay.
0: Yeah, it's and it's not. I mean, it doesn't look like it's an. It's not an easy division, and it doesn't look like it's going to get any easier. Um, so, you know, with that being said, I think yeah, good for him. I think it's a good fit. Um, just because I think it was time to move on from Cam Newton. Um, but next, let's go to uh to Philip Rivers. Another very interesting one. He's getting a one-year $25 million deal from the Indianapolis Colts who started Jacoby Brissett last year. This one is very intriguing to me. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if he's got as many weapons as he did in, oh my God, I almost said San Diego, in L.A. Rip. <laughs> That's where they've always been in my heart. That's
1: true. They're, they're still there.
0: Um, cause you know, you got Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, both those running backs, which, you know, obviously Melvin Gordon isn't signed anywhere yet. So it doesn't look like he's going back to San Diego. Oh my gosh. I said it again, but anyway, back to Philip rivers coming to the Colts. He's going to have a better O line. He's got Marlon Mack who, you know, above average running back. Sure. He's got T Y Hilton, uh, Pascal, I think his name is Eric, pa- no, nope. maybe Eric Pascal. That's a guy on the Warriors.
1: He is an NBA player. Yep.
0: So I'm wrong, but there's a receiver named Pascal Pascal. Zach. Something. Zach. Zach. Yes. So they've got some weapons on the Colts, you know, offense. I'm not going to say that it's totally barren, but mm. uh, the offensive line, I think is what's really going to make the difference for him there. So I'm, very curious to see how this plays out. I think it's a great fit uh for the Colts because Jacoby Brissett just wasn't really getting it done.
1: Yeah, I I agree that I think it's a slight upgrade from Brissett, even though he I think kind of his numbers dipped because he was a little bit injured. But Philip Rivers really Kind of looked like his arm might have been a little bit dead last year, but he still threw for 4,600 yards, 23 touchdowns. The only thing that was different was his picks were a little bit up. Um, Oh, he's always up in the pick. Always up in the picks. Yeah, he's uh, a risk taker. But (laughs) that's why people love him, and his trash talk's fun, and he's got 35 kids. So, Phillip Rivers, uh, the Colts may not be barren, and Phillip Rivers most certainly is not either.
0: (laughs) So uh, Drew Brees last one, not, well, not really the last one, but uh, Drew Brees is just signing a two-year $50 million deal to come back to the Saints. So looks like that might be his retirement contract. Mm-hmm. Um not going to, you know, say that's a sure thing, but, you know, when you're already 40, 41 years old, um, signing a two-year deal, $50 million looks like you're going to end his career in New Orleans, which... You know, that's good because that's two more years of Mike Thomas being a uh, top three receiver in the league.
1: That's a very good point.
0: (laughs) So, lastly, midday, this isn't confirmed yet because he himself has not come out and said, yep, this is where I'm going to play. (laughs) So, part of me kind of hopes he just retires, and I think that'd be absolutely hilarious. My goodness. But Tom Brady is basically just being forced to go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, that's what it seems like because all these teams are just pulling out of the running. And I just don't know how to feel about it because it's just Tampa Bay. Like, like all you think about is Jameis Winston throwing 30 interceptions every year. Um, but I guess when you, you know, pick it apart, they've got great receivers uh, they might be adding Antonio Brown if this is true, because I guess him, Antonio Brown, and Tom Brady are like best friends or or something.
1: Is he not in prison?
0: No. So I was wondering that too. Why did the uh, the whole like investigation just stop when teams stopped being interested in him?
1: Yeah, I don't know. There's something going on there.
0: Very, very confusing. Um, so he's got you know the. The two receivers. They've got two great tight ends: Cameron Brate, OJ Howard. Uh, I think this could be a team that might upgrade the running back position with like a Melvin Gordon. Ooh. That would be super interesting. If they got Melvin Gordon. You are tickling uh, my fancy right now. My yeah, fan. like that would be that would be intense if you add Antonio Brown and Melvin Gordon to this already pretty elusive offense. It'd be very interesting because they do have a decent defense.
1: Mm. And but Bruce Arians has got a great hat.
0: He does wear a good hat. Nice goatee. Um, this division would be you know, pretty fun with the Saints, Falcons, uh, Tampa Bay with Tom Brady, and then Bridgewater leading the charge in Carolina. What do you think about the, the, the Brady to Tampa Bay rumors slash... You know, sure things. <laughs>
1: I think it's all but confirmed. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, we could have a quick moment of silence for our friend Dan, who is going through it right now still. Um,
0: you might have just got blocked.
1: It may have just got blocked. I'm not sure <laughs> if that falls under the category. But yeah, um, it's weird. It's weird to think Tom Brady won't be playing in Foxborough this year, uh, especially for. A team that's jerseys are as ugly as Tampa Bays are, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, this is what he wanted. This is what he was rumored to want, I should say, and New England was the weapons on offense because he's, you know, also not going to improve when you're in your 40s uh, as a professional athlete, so you need a little bit extra help around you, so he got the help around him. He's got two of the most talented receivers and most productive receivers last year, so I guess we shall see. I think it's a good move if I'm Tampa Bay because you're damn sure you're going to sell jerseys.
0: Yeah. It reminds me a lot of, uh, you know, back in the day watching Joe Montana switch teams.
1: Yeah. Uh, People (laughs) seem to forget about it. A lot of guys have done that.
0: Well, no, but real for real. Uh, I was talking to a guy at work today and, and he mentioned that and he said, you know, at the time, Joe Montana was the best ever. And, for him to kind of get pushed out, which I didn't know this. He got pushed out by San Francisco. They basically said, you know what, we're handing the keys to Steve young, which obviously proved to be not so bad. Uh, But when you get a guy like that to kind of just get pushed out, you know, everybody kind of said he was the greatest ever at the time. And then he goes to Kansas city. Uh, The guy at work said he was like, it was just weird. And, And I said, so is this kind of the same feeling with Brady leaving? And he was like, it really is. So it'll be fun. It'll be interesting, uh, but I am excited to to see what Brady does without Belichick to you know kind of uh, help my my um, what is it my argument that a Belichick or Brady needed Belichick more to more than Belichick needed Brady.
1: Yeah, that's what I I was kind of saying too. Is we get to find out who actually deserved the most credit for those Patriots Super Bowls, I guess. There's still if, some holes in that logic, but you know what yeah. I mean,
0: What if they both just do horrible, like 2 and 14?
1: Oh, that would be the best because then we get to credit <laughs> Julian Edelman
0: as the glue. Or Robert Kraft or something. I don't no, know. No, Rex Burkhead. <laughs> Massage parlors? That's who wins. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. All right. Let's take a quick break midday, um, And we're going to come back and talk to the folks about some Browns news because I know we're all excited to talk about the Browns again. So we'll be right back. All right, we are back. And I think with, uh, you know, the topic that most of you tune into here, we're here to talk about some Browns free agent signings. Um, You know, Browns coming in hot day one of free agency with scorching. (laughs) Scorching. Three big uh, signings, I think, that. Um, A lot of Browns fans, I think, are shocked by because we actually did some competent stuff uh, during the free agency period. Um, Started it off signing Austin Hooper, uh, the tight end from the Atlanta Falcons, uh, to a four-year, $42 million deal. Hooper, so here's the thing. Everybody's like, oh, well, I guess Njoku's out, you know, but Nope. Our our new head coach uh last year actually ran the most offensive plays in two tight end sets. And I love how people are so like quick to just jump on the wagon of, oh well, I guess Njoku's being traded. Like, chill out. We're not just we're not just like signing people because we like want to create controversy, I don't think. I mean we probably used to do that, but
1: we definitely used to. <laughs> unintentionally or intentionally it remains to be seen.
0: (laughs) So, but I mean, like as soon as it was reported that Stefanski ran the most offensive plays with two tight end sets, it's like, okay, that's why we want two competent tight ends. We don't want to be throwing out, you know, our left, our third string left tackle to play tight end because so many got hurt last year. (laughs) So love the signing. Uh, Hooper's coming off of his best year. As a pro, um, most receptions, most receiving yards, most receiving touchdowns, had 41 first downs. um, And only played 13 games, so that's not even a full schedule. Yeah, so missed three games. I I love it. I think it's a great pickup. Um, You're getting another young, talented guy in there, into that offense, uh, giving Baker Mayfield some big weapons because obviously... Like, you know, Odell and drivers aren't the biggest dudes, but you've got now Njoku, who's 6'5", six, 6'4", six, and Hooper, who's 6'4". Um, really opens it up. Hopefully he can block, too. I really, I really don't know, you know, the tight end blocking situation, how that works. but
1: Right, he's a white guy, so usually that means they're a good blocker.
0: <laughs> Is that, That's proven stats? That's
1: backed by science, yeah. <laughs> okay. That means they have to listen and practice better because they don't have any athleticism to make up for it.
0: That's fair. You see uh I mean who um Gronk Gronk was a pretty good blocker and then George Kittle. Kittle solid blocker. I don't know. Aaron, I mean, Aaron Hernandez Kelsey. was
1: pretty good at stopping the nope.
0: <sighs> <sighs> I think I, I I didn't really know what to what to say to that, where to go with that. Um It's fine. The moment of silence is probably best.
1: <laughs> Moment of silence for Odin Lloyd. I love it.
0: So, that's the the first signing, and then we, you know, went towards more of a need, I'd say, and went offensive tackle. Um, and Jack Conklin, I couldn't say his name when I when I first. I was like Shell Conklin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the magic coach.
0: Yeah, so he's coming from Tennessee, who obviously had some success last year. Um, making it to the AFC Championship game. They ran the ball pretty decent too, didn't they, Midday?
1: They definitely ran the ball a lot. And guess what we're going to do this year? The same thing.
0: Run the ball more than we did last year. Because now we have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb for the whole season.
1: And a coach who knows what he's doing.
0: Oh, and he likes to run the ball. See Dalvin Cook first 16 games of last year. I really like Conklin. Um... I think he's going to play right tackle, I believe. So we still mm-hmm. need to kind of go after a left tackle. And I really don't know if that's going to be, you know, that 10th overall pick or, you know, maybe we try to trade for um, Trent Williams, which I don't think that's the long term answer. I think if we I don't like trade, that either. Well, I, here's the thing. So I, I don't like it if we're giving them a first or even a second. I Mm. think if we go to them and we say, like, hey, we'll give you a third and, like, a fifth, I think that I'd do it. Yeah, and then maybe at 10, take another lineman because you can never have too many. Agreed. Um, I think maybe that would be good because then you're like, all right, like, we'll put Williams out there at left tackle to try to find success now and then also have this young rookie to maybe come in. As kind of like a utility guy slash learn that left tackle position, and um, the, at the NFL level, so I'm I'm saying go for a tackle in the draft, but uh, you know maybe just do it for depth to start.
1: Yes, I agree. I love the signing because it was well documented that our tackles were a weakness on the line last year, and this is what you do when you still have cap room. You fix your holes. So. <laughs> And he's 25. And he's, he's, you know, one of the top available tackles. And we still have that 10th overall pick this year. So there's plenty of flexibility to to keep improving. And i love to see finally a front office and a coach and ownership, even though I don't really like the Haslam's, but, you know, all on the same page a little bit here. And we're following a formula. We are getting players that make sense.
0: Yeah. I, I, couldn't agree more with that, that we're actually just doing, you know, logical, logical things. So I'm excited to see, I feel like, you know, this is just a full a feel thing, but I really feel like, you know, the front office with, with Barry, with Andrew Barry and Stefanski are, you know, really working together. I feel like there's a lot more leadership Yes. than, you know, maybe last year. Like, we were all super excited for Freddie. I'm not even going to deny it. Like, we thought it was going to work out. But it really came down to the fact that it just didn't seem like he had any leadership skills whatsoever. And Dorsey, obviously, was just super, you know, almost selfish. Like, he just was like, I'm going to do things my way, and nobody's going to tell me how to, you know, how how else to do them. And the Haslams obviously didn't like that. Um, I think the Chiefs didn't like that either when they fired him. So he's had a history of it. Uh, We thank him. Yeah, we thank him for bringing in all this talent. But, you know, it's time to move on to to bigger and better things. The last signing, I think, that is kind of under the radar. Uh, A lot of people are, you know, making the jokes about it, saying, like, Baker's job is in trouble, which I don't agree. But it makes me feel a little bit better, you know, if Baker were to get hurt, knock on wood. Um, but we signed Case Keenum to a three-year, $18 million deal, which is good because you're bringing in a nice veteran backup who's also had that um, the starter uh, experience. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's been to an NFC championship game uh, with Stefanski, actually, as the O coordinator, I believe, of that team. That is correct. Um, or at least the quarterback coach. But anyway, he's had experience working with him before. Uh, he's also been on multiple teams, so he really brings that Um, NFL overall NFL locker room experience, which is great to have um, behind Baker, you know, hopefully to help him help him grow at the quarterback position.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's similar to the Mariota and Derek Carr thing is you actually have legitimate NFL talent to uh, push you in practice and OTAs and offseason workouts, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then it's the same as Mariota, where it's, as you already mentioned, someone with experience who is. Uh, got the the right mindset, maybe a little bit more valuable than Garrett Gilbert as a backup yeah. quarterback. So
0: yeah. And I mean, to be fair, I think though Mariota like I'm not gonna say Mariota doesn't have a shot at starting because I honestly think that they brought him in to compete for the starting job because I yeah. don't think they trust Derek Carr all that much. But Case Keenum, to be clear, was definitely not brought in to steal the job from Baker Mayfield. So all you no. Browns fans out there that are freaking out. <laughs> Chill out.
1: If he was brought in to take the job, they would have paid him more than six million a year.
0: Yeah, right. He's he's getting paid to be a nice twelfth uh twelfth man on the bench. So
1: nothing wrong with it either. No.
0: He's like uh he's like Quinn Cook.
1: Whoa. Cross sport (laughs) references. Okay.
0: I don't even know. I just thought of the first guy that maybe doesn't play all that much on a team that might be like tenth, like ninth, tenth man on the bench. Not oh, bad. I missed the NBA.
1: Yeah, that's a fat retweet.
0: So hopefully we'll be able to get back into it soon. Um, we do have a fun idea we're gonna do. Um, you know, maybe coming up in the future here, especially if we get quarantined midday for like fourteen yeah. days or something wow. like that.
1: No choice but to be pumping out content.
0: Yeah, so we uh, you know had this idea to do kind of like a a, a goat slash. Uh, LeBron James um, trilogy of episodes just kind of talking about his unbelievable career to this point. So, you know, something that we might begin here shortly if, uh, you know, things go south with COVID-19. So um, keep an eye out for that one. Midday. Any final words um, to the people? Stay safe out there. Use the hand sanitizer.
1: Definitely. As a, as a food safety professional and a professional scientist.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: Please, stop being gross. Don't cough on people. Don't rub up against people. Wash your freaking hands, and we'll all be okay.
0: I couldn't have said it better myself, and I think we're going to leave you folks on that one. Everybody stay safe out there, and have a fantastic rest of your week.